0: Welcome to the Learning Scientist Podcast, a podcast for teachers, students, and parents about evidence-based practice and learning. This podcast is funded by the Chartered College of Teaching and listeners like you. To support our work and to gain access to exclusive content, check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash Scientists. Hi, I'm Dr. Megan Samaraki, a professor at Rhode Island College. Hello, I'm Dr. Carolina Cupertezo, and I'm an assistant professor at the University of Dundee in Scotland. And so we are here together, not literally here, but one of us in the States and one of us in Scotland talking about some of Carolina's research and service learning projects because she has a lot of cool things going on in Dundee. And so I will let her tell you about her um, your teacher preparation research projects—is that what you called it? Teacher preparation. Yeah, no, um, teacher knowledge and perception.
1: Right, project. teacher knowledge yeah. and perception. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. yeah. So,
0: why don't you tell us about that? So that is
1: actually a project that I'm doing in collaboration with a researcher from the Open University at um, in N- Netherlands, and what we want to find out is um, how effective uh, CPD workshops are for teachers. So what we do is before teachers attend uh, those workshops, um, workshops that for example we give as a learning scientist, but also I I do some workshops on on my own as well, but the, the content is always the same, so we talk about effective learning strategies from cognitive psychology, and try to introduce this to um, teachers. And um, one question you could have is, well, teachers um, sit there, attend those workshops, and how um, effective are those workshops? So, are teachers going um, to leave the workshop with ideas on how to implement those strategies? Do they know more about those strategies than before the workshop? And um, more importantly, are they going to um, recommend those new and more effective strategies to their um, pupils? So those are the different um, variables we are looking at. So knowledge of the teacher of the strategies, um, if they're going to implement the strategies in their own teaching, and are they going to recommend the strategies to their students. And so what we do is we give them a questionnaire beforehand that they fill out um, with different questions regarding the strategies. And then they visit the workshop. And then after so a while, so we give them um, a little bit of time to implement those strategies. We follow up and ask, well, what strategies are you using? Um, if you're not using a strategy, why? Is it just a matter of time um, that you didn't have the time to commit to try out something new, or is it something completely different? For example, it could be I don't really, um, I didn't really get uh, a real understanding of that strategy and so I I need more support here. And so we hope to get many teachers engaged in this project in order to, um, in the long run, really uh, improve those workshops for teachers so that they can get the most out of them.
0: Yeah. And so you're just, if I'm remembering correctly, you're comparing the group of teachers who have gone through some workshop about strategies for effective learning from cognitive psychology. So you're comparing that group of teachers to a different group of teachers who hasn't Um, gone through these workshops just to see how much they're actually doing these strategies just sort of baseline without any specific CPD instruction.
1: Yeah that's that's a big hope that we get um, (laughs) yeah that we get a good control group as you just described um, of teachers who did not attend any of the workshops um, to have that as as the baseline as you say. Um, Right now um, so the the project started in September 2018, so just a couple of months ago. Um, Right now the numbers are quite low, but we hope to increase those numbers with time to make that kind of comparison. If we don't get as many people um, in the control group, so to say, you can still make a pre-post comparison for teachers who attended the workshops just to get a feeling for the factors that contribute for them uh, to implement the strategies themselves.
0: Yeah, I mean, this sounds like a really huge research project where you're trying to get a whole bunch of people to engage across a long period of time. You probably need a really big sample size to really dig into all of this. It also sounds like you have a really cool qualitative component to this where you're looking to see increases in use of strategy, but then you're also looking to see, okay, if they're not using the strategy, why? Is it that the workshop isn't effective at explaining the strategy? Is it that the workshop isn't effective at showing the best ways to actually implement the strategy. So maybe the teachers go home thinking, well, this is really great, but I don't actually know how this works in my classroom. Is it that they want to use it, but they don't have enough time or they don't have support from their schools? And that can really kind of drive what, how we change workshops and how we make them better or how we talk about these strategies if it's because you know time is a factor and school support is a factor or if it's just that we're not learning enough or whatever it sounds really cool yeah so that's why we
1: added those open-ended questions in there so to to get this kind of data as well so to explore really the reasons behind um, their higher or lower understanding of of a Uh, strategy but also higher and lower uh, engagement uh, with the strategy in their own practice
0: yeah i mean we tend to focus on quantitative research because when we're, we're trying to measure learning and there you know we like the numbers we like the statistics but having qualitative components combined with quantitative components makes for some of the best research projects or even across different projects just attacking a question or a problem from multi- multiple different methodological angles is really good we have this discussion in our department all the time and some of our graduate students at Rhode Island College are getting really into combining qualitative and quantitative research so it's very cool
1: yeah I agree the thing is too if you come uh, and you know this right if you come from mm-hmm. a quantitative Background, So um, more heavily based on numbers, you know, uh, scores on an exam or scores on a memory test and so on. And the moment someone shows you qualitative da- data, you basically freak out. You're like, oh, my God, what can I do with this now? What should I be doing with this? Right. Um, mm-hmm. So but um, in fact, combining those two aspects um, leads to a richer databases and can lead to better conclusions.
0: Well, yeah, it's sort of like what we talk about when we do the workshops and talk to teachers all the time. It takes a village, right? So teachers' uh, experiences with these strategies and context and students and their expertise, all of that really matters. And then also research and what we find in controlled settings, and then maybe sometimes less controlled settings when we go into the classroom, all of that really matters too. And so bringing things together from multiple different angles gives you the best picture and is the best chance for trying to make things better and so the same is true for different uh, methodological um different different methodologies within research a lot of us in research are not trained in both quantitative and qualitative and so this is where collaborations need to take place yeah i agree
1: i can tell you about a second project um that i'm currently working on
0: yeah yeah tell us about it
1: so i do um I use a teaching approach for my level four classes uh, for my level 4 module. So here in the UK level 4 means the the final year of undergraduate studies Mm -hmm. and um, I have a level 4 module that's called service learning supporting schools with effective learning strategies and what happens there is um, during the first part of this um, module university students learn all about the different effective learning strategies from uh, cognitive psychologies Uh, cognitive psychology and as a reader of our blog, you know which ones they are, and um, so, in the first half then, the students um, read all the papers, um, try to understand the theories behind those strategies and so on, and then based on that newly acquired knowledge, they create tutorials how to study tutorials for pupils in schools and they actually then in the second half of the semester go into those schools and provide pupils with free um, how to study tutorials and um, so One research uh, project that is attached to that service learning teaching that I do is also a pre-post survey um, where we ask pupils in the schools what study habits they have prior for them to come in, um, prior to actually attending how-to-study workshop. And then afterwards, um, a couple of um, weeks later, they do a post-survey asking them, okay, what did you change, Um, what is your understanding of the strategies, and what would it take you to um, implement them if you haven't done so, um, so far. So this is another project that is happening. And in one of those schools, we are actually lucky enough uh, to have a control group. So where uh, we have a group of pupils who attended the workshop, a group of pupils who did not, and both of them will um, take the survey, the post survey. in addition to that, um, the school uh, will allow us to get um, information on their um, final exam performance at the end of the academic year. Data is not in yet, but it's very exciting.
0: <laughs> that is really cool. It sounds similar to the project mm-hmm. that we're running at Washburn, mm. at Washburn University, where uh, Dr. Cindy Nebel is teaching. And it's, I'm just realizing we probably should record an episode about that project and what's going on there. Cause the findings are really cool. Yeah. So in addition to doing service learning with your students and having them go into the classroom, you've also developed um, a, a, is it would you call it a website or a, a group? It's a network. So a network.
1: Uh huh. It's called the acronym is TILE, uh, which stands for Teaching Innovation and Learning Enhancement, and um, it has started last year. So it will be our anniversary, a one-year anniversary in February, actually. Oh. <laughs> where? Yeah. Um. So it started as an external speaker series here at the University of Dundee, where um, once a month um, we have a speaker. Um, it could be a researcher in education or psychology talking about the learning si- um, sciences It could be um, a teacher um, in a local sc- from a local school um, who is implementing some of the strategies or implementing a very different strategy So it could be many different people from different backgrounds, different disciplines coming in to speak our audience is also pretty interdisciplinary, so we have pretty much um, people with all uh, from all the disciplines. So mathematics, engineering, history, uh, humanities, um, arts and, and design, uh, l- law, so really everything, life sciences. And so um, we have a wide range of disciplines, we have uh, people coming from different sectors, so it um, embraces primary, secondary education, higher education. So we have people attending those talks. After each talk, um, we create a, a small reflection post on our website, so we have a website as well, where we just offer a reflection of the talk. And in addition to that, we um, are hoping to get more and more um, local schools um, involved in the project um, with child. So local school, right now we have one school here in Dundee, the Harris Academy, and they publish. it's amazing, they publish once a week uh, during term times, they publish once a week um, an Adobe Spark site where they um, outline a new innovation in teaching that they use. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so on our Tile website, we have all their um, Adobe Spark um, presentations um, listed and presented there, so for everyone to see. So
0: this kind of network between different sectors, this is what Tile wants to achieve wow yeah and you have videos too I remember you had experts record videos I remember because I recorded one and it was really fun that's right so it's summer in summer 2018
1: um, so six months about six months into um, the child network project I started thinking about what could we do over the summer because there won't be any any talks or anything, Um, people will not be uh, really around at university to attend any talks or to engage. And so I came up with the idea of so-called EdoSnaps, so educational snaps, um, just very brief one-minute videos where experts in learning sciences, um, psychology, education, so on, also teachers provide an answer to a question in one minute in a video and um, also those videos now um, they are all on our website and we have created recently I think only a week ago um, a YouTube channel for Tile Mm -hmm. where we have all the videos on there and we will continue um, the Edo snaps um, on a continuous basis. Uh, so, getting more and more people answering one minute um, questions.
0: <laughs> it's really hard to answer a question in one minute. Yes. I, I found it to be very difficult. I, I, I can't imagine my video is actually only one minute. I bet you it's more like two. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. Cool. Well, thank you so much uh, for telling me about these research projects. And I'm sure everybody who's listening is really excited about these projects. And we're all just really invigorated after uh, a series of workshops in January over in England. And so talking about CPD and implementation is just a whole lot of fun.
1: Thank you very much for having me and interviewing me for my first real podcast here on the learning scientist website i'm very excited about this but i'm very excited to do this and um, yeah thank you very
0: much for this interview great thanks bye bye this podcast is funded by the chartered college of teaching and listeners like you to support our work and to gain access to exclusive content check out our patreon page at www.patreon.com slash learning scientists